Uh, welcome back to the Independent Podcast. My name is Connor Price. I'm joined here by the one and only Nick D. I've got my wonderful wife, Brianna, off screen here. Hello, everybody. Uh, if you're new here, this is a podcast made by independent artists for independent artists. Today's guest, I'm very excited to talk to. We actually got to uh, release a song together last year, but I'm going to let Bree do the proper introduction. Go for it. All right, so he's an absolute legend in the DJ scene, hailing from Toronto, Ontario. He's played at nightclubs in over 20 countries, has performed for huge events, including London Fashion Week and the Olympics. This man has won an award for Canadian DJ of the Year and most recently gained an NBA championship as the official DJ for the Toronto Raptors. Please welcome Four Corners. Hey, what's up, man? Very thorough. This man's got a (laughs) ring. (laughs) <laughs> took a while to write I that intro do. I'm like damn he's done I'm so much I'm not wearing much. it right now but I have it you got it next to you somewhere no I don't I don't right. I, should, I wasn't thinking I should have pulled it out <laughs> hey Pause. dude thank you so much for being here man we really appreciate it no absolutely when you told me that this is what you were doing and what the angle of it is I'm all for it you know how much I love artists taking control of their careers and being independent by choice it's a- absolutely and dude I-, I love what you're doing on tiktok i see you like make like setting trends too like other djs are popping up like taking taking notes so you're being a trendsetter but we'll get to that in a bit i first wanted yeah. to ask you because i've never even got the chance to talk about this with you but being the official dj for the toronto raptors how did that start take me back um, you know, what's funny. You just mentioned TikTok. I'm literally in the middle of a series explaining that on TikTok because so many people ask me that. <laughs> yeah. I, obviously, it's, an, it's a very interesting position that I have. Um, long story short, a, an opportunity beget another opportunity beget another opportunity. And I'm just the type of person to like look at opportunities as exactly that opportunities. Nothing is small. Whatever it is, I look at it as, okay, cool, this is what it is now, but what can I possibly make it? Or what can I build from this? Or who might I meet if I do this thing? Yeah. And um, that one started literally by me DJing in a retail store for Roots Canada. I know you're very familiar with Roots Canada. Let's go. Um, I got a a tip by a friend who was just happened to pop into the, the uh, Eaton Center store, the big mall in Toronto. Um, and they had a DJ booth in the Roots store with no DJ. And she was like, mm. what's up? And the manager was like, yo, we're actually, you know, we're actually in the market for a DJ. If you know, do you know any DJs? And she immediately called me and a couple other homies that were like, they're a little bit more established. I was newer at the time. So I was the one that seized the opportunity. I was like, well, yeah, I'll go DJ in the store. Like, why not? If somebody wants to pay me to DJ, I'm literally DJing nowhere but my parents' <laughs> basement at the moment. So like, why, why, why wouldn't I? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and not even on some ego thing. At that time, DJs in retail wasn't really... Um, as common as it is now, it's like super common now, like everywhere in the world. But at that time it was kind of a new concept and I thought it was cool. I mean, I was getting paid 10 bucks an hour, but I wasn't folding sweaters. I was playing music. Mm -hmm. So what's wrong with that? But all the while I ended up having hours and hours of practice DJing in front of people, even though it wasn't a party, I was just like, you know, setting the vibe. I could see people responding and all that. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I was, um, like I took it really as a learning thing like i just it was school i yeah. just figured i just like you know what this is school this is the trenches I'm, I'm working my way up but from that i was able to build with that company and do different things which led to me doing some bigger events for them and at one of those bigger events the vp of marketing for maple leaf sports was there mm-hmm. and she hit me with the business card and said i love what you're doing and nice you know we were thinking about having a dj at the games because we saw the miami heat had a dj and we thought it was cool. We just didn't know like who would we get. Like 
who would be able to do this job. And yeah. I just have always, I'm from Toronto. You're from Toronto. You know what it is. We are ex influenced by everything. So like my musical taste and what I was DJing that night was like literally a mash of everything together. And that's what impressed her the most. Mm. So she's like, yo, you're building a vibe. And like at the stadium, everybody's there. So we can't just have it be just hip hop mm -hmm. or just dance or just pop. It has yeah. to be a mix that appeals to a large demographic, series of demographics. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, skip ahead, skip ahead. I got the opportunity to give it a shot and they liked it. And then they liked it again and they liked it again. And mm -hmm. 17 years later, I'm still here. 17 years. <laughs> Incredible, yeah. man. I would, it's, I would... it's crazy, man. It's crazy to think about that. It's the longest... I mean, having a job period for 17 years is a yeah. long time, but this is like the dream job. I love yeah. it. Nuts. I'd, and I'd love to sum up what you said in, in like a bit of a snippet, right? And it's when you make yourself available, opportunities present themselves. And it sounds like you were just making yourself available. Yeah. And you know what? At the time, I didn't even quite understand that concept. Yeah. I was just doing what I thought made yeah. sense. Well... I DJ nowhere. Somebody wants to pay me to DJ somewhere. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm and in. then when I got in there is when I started to realize, you know what? This could be something bigger than just me DJing in the store. Because I could have very well just went to work, DJing in the store, and went home, and that would have been the end of it. Yeah. But I parlayed my relationship there with them to, like, I ended up, like, be getting sponsored by Roots. I ended up doing mm. some modeling for them and then doing these bigger events um, that's something you'd love, that right? That just... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a brand I've always wanted yeah. to work Connor's with. dream collab yeah. is Roots, and I message <laughs> the social media manager often on Instagram. Her name's Mary, and we go back and forth, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to build that. <laughs> would, lo yeah, would love no, your... Roots is a great company, and they're actually... Is it... In, it's in a couple years. They um, I just saw like one of the higher-ups actually at an event a few weeks ago Yeah, that he's still there. He's one of the day ones, and he mentioned to me, he's like, yo, we got to talk. The 50th anniversary of Roots is coming up in, wow. in like, I think it's in three years or two years, something mm -hmm. like that. Cool, cool, cool. And um, so, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a legacy brand here in Canada. Totally. Wow. Would love to hear your approach on, because uh, we love to show artists the behind the scenes, right? What, what's your approach on getting a brand deal, communicating with uh, the brand itself? Do you have somebody who does that for you? Do you do it on your own? You know, how do you know your worth? What you can ask, you know, all of that, if you have an insight on that. Um, yeah, if you're talking, I mean, at that time, mm -hmm. brand deals in that way, like, well, there wasn't really social yeah, media in the yeah. way that it is now. We were still like on Facebook and stuff. Yeah. But currently, yeah, current, I'm really, yeah. really, really heavily into brand partnerships. It's mm -hmm. like over the last two years, it's become a major part of what I do, which is Amazing. odd, but it was by necessity to do shows as much, not mm -hmm. nearly as much as I, I normally do. And just opportunities came up and from one thing came another thing. And it is another one of those things that the more you do, the more people see that you do it mm. and they start hollering at you. So yeah. um, first things first, and I actually give this advice to a lot of creative people that I know that I think can do really well in this space. Start doing stuff like just if you want to be. If you want to attract fashion brands, as an example, start posting fashion sensible mm -hmm. content, like start mm -hmm. posting outfits and tag the brands that you are wearing mm -hmm. that you would like to work with because, you know, yeah, it's free promo for them, but hopefully somebody will see you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? If somebody sees you, you're doing a good enough job, your content looks 
you know, polished enough or authentic enough or just whatever it is that they might see in you that might be mm-hmm. able to, you can be the conduit to connect them to the actual people. Cause that's all it really is. is mm. They want to be able to get customers. And mm. if they see that people trust you or people like yeah. you or, you know what I mean? That's yeah. actually, and I've, I've come to this realization really recently, it's a lot cheaper and easier for them to just pay somebody to come up with a concept mm-hmm. and do creatively what they do and film it themselves mm-hmm. and submit it than it is for them to hire a team and yep. come up with the idea and film a commercial. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? And then the commercial, you don't know who it reaches with, with analytics of social yeah. media. You actually see numbers. Yeah, so. no, it's smart. And I've heard Logic mention this um, and you kind of have a varying opinion in a, in a little bit of a, of a sense where you say, just go and do it first, try to get their attention, you know, and then, but logic, I think, I'm pretty sure he said, um, he's like, I'm a businessman. I'll talk to you outside of it and I'll love your product outside of it, but you're not going to get free promo. You're going to have to pay for that. So it's like, I mean, obviously he's at a different level right now. I don't know when his mindset might've switched to that or, but, but I just remember him saying that. Um, so I was just curious, like, you know, well, that's that's where I'm at now. Yeah, like, okay. There okay, are okay. tons of I've crossed the threshold in the last I would say two two and a half years. Okay, from I've gotten free stuff for years. Yeah, everybody wants to send you free stuff if mm-hmm. you're in the public eye. Cool. Um, I've finally crossed that threshold just because, like, I mindfully said, okay, I'm doing this now. Yep. I've crossed the threshold of getting paid for stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you can send me whatever hell you want. I might love it. Yeah, but I'm not going to post <laughs> about it. Yeah. Unless you're paying me, yeah. or if you're a friend, like yeah. I'll post my friends' shit all yeah, day, yeah, yeah, yeah. all day. I want my I want my friends to win. I want people. Or if I see somebody coming up that's like doing something that I think is really mm-hmm. cool, I will do that. Like a friend of mine, I I wish I could show you. It's huge, but a friend of mine does. Um, he made me a not just me personally, but he makes a Monopoly board that is a Toronto based. Monopoly board. So That's all cool. the, the streets and everything are all Toronto streets. And it, like it's literally called the Toronto Mandem edition. That's amazing. So it's like with Toronto slang and Toronto like it's just really, really hilarious. And he made me one with my logo on it and stuff. Cool. And it's a massive board, like made like it's this thick with resin. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna make a whole video promoting this and like wow. I bought it from him because I wanted to support. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna post about this because I think it's incredible. And he's doing great stuff. It's super, super, super not, um, <laughs> not official. Yeah, right. But, but it shows that he can do stuff. Like yeah, he's yeah. a creative guy. He can create things. Yeah. And like, who knows? Maybe I don't know if it's Milton Bradley or whatever brand it is that makes sure. Monopoly. Maybe they say it and be like, you know what? Let's Fresh do ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But like stuff like that, I would definitely post. A brand brand says, mm-hmm. hey, we want to send you this product that we think you really love. I'd be like, here's my P.O. box. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. it. If I love it, I'll tell you in an email that I yeah. love it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, as far as me posting it, that costs money. And I do have a brand manager now yeah. that I kick it over to him. I'll, yeah. I'll, I talk to everybody. I'm not like, ooh, talk to my manager. I talk yeah. to everyone personally. Yeah. But when it comes to now cutting the deal, I'm like, right. okay, well, now yeah. that's when you talk to him so he can be the bad guy. Yeah. I'll be the nice guy that just says, hey, man, yeah. I love your stuff. Yeah. Cool. That was and my next question was, you know, you're, you're dealing with so many uh, brand opportunities and events. How many people are on your team? How many different managers do you have? Um, you know what? It's smaller than you might think. I have, Which I think is great. My, yeah, I have my brand manager, yep. Denny, who does that stuff. I have a tour manager, 
um, Adam. He goes by Big Juice that does tour managing. He does, and he does like various other things. Cool. Like his his role is not specifically mm-hmm. tour managing, especially now when I'm not touring. Yeah. Um, he does other things as well. He handles certain things. He'll like field booking calls. He'll he's actually like a freaking super huge guy, so he's security mm-hmm. also awesome. just by default. <laughs> <laughs> He, he wears a lot of hats. Yeah. And then um, I work closely with Alien U, who she and I have a marketing company called Mer Media. Yeah. Okay. And um, we do marketing and branding for a bunch of brands and artists and stuff like that. And then, so all of my visuals and marketing materials, we put it through that. So I do a lot of it actually myself, and she's involved in a lot too. So gotcha. essentially, it's four people. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Tight knit. Yeah. Four corners, <laughs> four people. I know, right? That didn't that that wasn't on purpose, but it just is. Yeah, but I'm like super hands on though, to a fault. Yeah, like I, I I really have had to learn to you, hand you, things off to people who are experts in other things. Yeah, you feel like you have I like trouble. to do everything because I love this shit. Like I really yeah. enjoy it, and it's not that I'm a micromanager per se. It's just that I like. I wish I had time to do it all, mm, but it's just yeah. not possible. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to ask about was I saw in a piece of content recently, somebody asked you if you weren't DJing, what would you do? And you said producing. So no yeah. matter what, you want to do something in music. So my question, oh, yeah. and, and you are doing that uh, with the producing, and we put out a song last year called Marathon that you produce. Um, when you f- were in the earlier uh, stages of DJing, were you also producing or was producing something you picked up later on? No, that came on much later on. Like gotcha. I've been DJing. I say my DJ career started in the year 2000. This is like okay. me just figuring out what the hell DJing it was and getting my feet wet in terms of like, I was super, super young, super green, didn't know anything, didn't know about the business. I was like, I had a few mentors that, I, that allowed me to pick their brains and, and such. And I had, you know, a few opportunities come up based on me just being eager to do stuff. Mm. Um, but producing i didn't start dabbling in that until i would say lightly around like 2013 2014 i started doing like some remixes and stuff like that just for my dj sets Mm -hmm. and it evolved into you know what it's cool when i play that remix that i made and people go crazy Mm -hmm. in the club yeah what if i made the whole song yeah that's a different that's a different feeling right there it really really is because like djing just like performing, there's like you have a crowd in front of you. There's instant gratification when you do something awesome and they you physically hear and see them react. Yep. But it's like a different thing. It's just like imagine a, a cover band versus mm-hmm. a band playing their own songs. Mm-hmm. There's levels. So when I started doing that more and realizing that, yo, I, I obviously have an ear for it at this point because I've been yeah. DJing for a very long time. I kind of yeah. know what people like to hear or what moves people just psychologically. Yeah. So I started messing around and started getting a good response from some stuff. And, you know, it just kind of grew into this natural thing where, and then I kind of got into a, a space where I was like really, really afraid to release music mm. because I thought, you know, I'm such an established DJ. I was just in this mindset that, yo, if I put out records, they got to be like hits. Mm. They got to be, you know, a certain level because I'm already this level here. It's got to be like this mm. or higher. Yeah. And I quickly realized that just that's not how it works. Mm. It's if you put in years into something, you're going to be better at it yeah. than putting months into something else just by the laws of nature. So yeah. I got out of my head by putting out a couple records or having a couple records that I produced be released that was like, 
I didn't push the button. The button was pushed. So I wasn't the one that had to make it happen. Yeah. And then when I heard and saw the people reacting well, it got me out of my head. And then I just started rinsing tunes since then. Mm. So I've been releasing a lot of music over the past couple of years. I'm curious mm. on a technical perspective, what do you produce in? What program do you use? Oh, I'm a logic guy. Hey, cool. All right. That's what I recorded. Yeah. I started, um, when I started learning, I was learning from a, a producer DJ from Toronto by the name of Joe Ghost. Okay. And he was an Ableton guy. Yeah, yeah. And I grew up playing instruments and stuff. When we worked together, I could pretty much just play the keys mm. and do vocals. I could not, for my the life of me, wrap my head around how that DAW worked. Like, it just doesn't look <laughs> it's like, like anything. Hieroglyphics. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look like anything to me. It does not look like music. <laughs> and um, then when I got logic, I got my hands on logic. I was like, this makes so much more sense to me. It's just yeah. like, it's music. I see the music now. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. before, it just looked like, you know, code. Yeah. yeah. Now yeah, I see the letters, I see the numbers. Now it, it makes sense to yes. me. So logic has always been the thing that I, I was most comfortable with. Yeah. So we were speaking recently and you were telling me about this idea that you have, and I think you're, you're even working on it, uh, is an EP where you produce yes. all the tracks and you collab with other artists from Toronto. Is that right? They're all from Toronto? No, they're not. Oh, they're, cool. Um, so this is international. From, well, no, most of them are from Canada. Gotcha. Um, but there is one artist from, it's, it's actually a song I've already released from Nigeria, um, oh, an nice. artist by the name of Scales. Love it. It's like a legendary Afrobeats artist that I was, I was lucky enough to connect with That's a few cool. years ago when we made this record. I'd say about two years ago now. And um, yeah, I already put it out. But because of the nature of this project, I decided to pull that record in because mm. I've never dropped a project like yeah. it has four corners. So I, I, that's one of the records I decided to pull in. And you know what? Let this be a part of the project. But everybody mm. else are all, they're all Canadian with from other, like they're first generation Canadians. So gotcha. like everybody's parents are from somewhere else, mm. but everybody's first generation Canadian. And how many songs will be on that project? Eight songs, um, and seven of them have features. Only one doesn't have a feature. Mm. Cool. And do you have a, uh, a release date in mind for that? Yeah, April 29th. Hey, That's my awesome. birthday. Cool. Birthday. So, I just want to birthday. Nice. I'm looking forward to that, yeah. man. Yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm going to start dropping the singles from it um, in uh, March. Um, but... I'm super excited. Like I said, I've not dropped a project as Four Corners. I have my side house music project. I don't want to say side like it's a secondary thing, but I have a house music project called 401 West, which is myself and my partner, Ashton Adams. We make specifically house music. Yeah. Um, we dropped two EPs with that project, oh, wow. but I have not dropped a project as Four Corners yet. So I'm super excited. Awesome. Yeah. I'm excited for you. And you're in a unique position where you can put your own stuff right into rotation. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's kind of a it's kind of a, a life hack as far yeah. as being a musician. Because, but you earned it, man. It's just like yeah. 17 years. It's like you earned that. You're like, I'm going to yeah. drop a song and then play it for 30,000 people. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's a nice Wednesday, whatever. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> um, yeah, it's. But you know what, though? I learned that early as a DJ when I started to understand the dance music scene. It's so different than any, anything else because like. The artists, like the David Guetta's, the Calvin Harris's, the Diplo's, the DJ Snakes, they're the DJ, but they're also the artists. Yeah. And that was different from anything I've known. Like I, you know, like Jazzy Jeff is one of my idols, but like Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, but it was kind of like Jeff was in the back, Fresh Prince was the guy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Although Jeff was like integral, he was still not the main yeah. show yeah. per se. You know what I mean? But like watching these dance acts, like 
they're the main show and all these artists are coming in and out, but like it's them that's the artist. And I was like, yo, that's brilliant, but it doesn't just have to be dance music. It can be anything. So mm-hmm. that's when I started, you know, thinking that this could actually be something that I could do. And it's super exciting to be able to do it. Um, my project that's going to be coming out in April, it's literally genreless. Like Let's I'm go. labeling it as a dance because the DSPs need something to call it. But <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's a mix of everything. There's like, there's hip hop on there. There's grime on there. There's Afrobeats. There's mm-hmm. house. There's one particular song that I played for my cousin a couple of days ago. Just like, you know, play the project. Let me, let me know what you think. And he's like, dude, what is, um, what would I even categorize <laughs> the song as? He's <laughs> like, what would we, would this be like house or, but it's not like, and it, I was like, you know what? Honestly, it's not, I don't know any songs like this. I yeah, just that's made awesome. it. So yeah. Let it be what it is. Whatever people think it is, that's what it that's is. That's what it is. Yeah. And that, now is it exclusively produced by you or is there some co-producers and stuff? The the project? Yeah. Um, I would say 80% produced by me. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dude, I love what you're doing with TikTok. Your content on there is is awesome. Thank you. Uh, was I'm, that- I'm trying, man. I'm really <laughs> trying to like dive in. No, you are. And it's so unique. Like I haven't seen any other DJs uh, do the kind of stuff that you do. Um, was that something you jumped into right away? Or re- were you kind of not on TikTok, but then saw that, you know, things were happening on the music side. So you jumped in. Like when, when did you decide I'm going to go for it? You know what? It's pretty wild because I met with a um, social media agent like I want to say like around May of last year. Yeah. And I actually called the meeting. I got connected with them. I, I called them for a meeting because I wanted to hire influencers mm. to help me promote my music mm-hmm. on TikTok. Mm. I was like, I'm a grown man. I'm not a teenage girl. Mm. I don't know what the hell I should be doing on TikTok. So like, I think I should leave it to them. So can you connect me? I know your, your agency, you know, that's what they do. They connect artists and brands and yep. labels with influencers. And I sat down and I told him, he heard me out <laughs> and everything I said to him at the end of it, I was like, so what do you think? He's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Are you, are you crazy? No, <laughs> you're a creative person. You do so many things. Why the hell would you pay other people to promote your art? Mm, wow. Like you're the artist. Why would you pr- like, that doesn't make any sense to me. And like, if you really want to do that, you're going to have to find somebody else. Cause I'm not going to do that. I think that you should do it yourself. Wow, I love that. And, though. and then I'm going to get people to pay you to ah. promote their stuff. Right. And Good I'm advice. so thankful for it, yeah. for, for him saying that. And I, but then at this, and I was like, okay, well, dude, what the hell do I do? Like how, what, where, how does, how does a grown person mm. fit in on TikTok? It's like, I just really, really, and I don't know if this has changed. Connor, you can help me out. Both of you guys, you guys are both killing it on there. Thank help you. me out. Is this newer that it's not just super, super, it's not just teenagers that are the creators I, I on there? I think because so. I think so. I mean, I'm not going to tell th- nobody, but I'm 30. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, when none of us are clearly 15, that's not a thing. <laughs> but I mean, I um, I don't know. I've I've been like asking this question a lot. And a lot of people have been telling me, you know what? It used to skew a lot younger on the creator end. But yeah. in yeah. the past two years, due to the pandemic, a lot more people have gotten yeah. involved. I'm getting involved on the tail end of this like I literally just started posting in October. Prior to that, I had TikTok mm. and maybe I did like a couple posts, like a year type thing, but like nothing. Like I think I've had like five posts in two years yeah. and yeah. you guys know that ain't going to cut it. 
It's, def- <laughs> it's definitely changed. I watched it evolve from a very young app just doing silly dances or lip sync battles, yeah. and now it's like small businesses are mm-hmm. thriving on there. Yeah. Artists are thriving. DJs, producers, large businesses too. Yeah, large even businesses. even large artists. Brands. People get on there and they're painting on TikTok, yeah. and people love it. All Chefs, yeah. everyone is on TikTok now, and I think it's right. it's not an app for teenagers anymore. Yeah, it actually, used to be. That thought hasn't crossed my mind at all in the past few months. Even that, yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I've never once thought that. Oh, this is like still a a you know young skewed platform. It, I've never not at that. all. It's not be- at all. And I've it's been also the- because of the 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 consumer base has been like yeah. There's grandmas on TikTok. They're you know like they're my you know moms, dads, uncles. They're all on TikTok. And I think because yeah. it's not only the consumer is not now not only in high school. I think that opens up the door for you know, older content creators to then have an, right. have an audience that, that expands, uh, you know, a high school. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's clearly, it's clearly here in a big way right now. Oh, yeah. And because of that, that same, um, gentleman that I met with, he told me, he's like, yo, take the summer and just like explore it. Mm-hmm. Just don't, you don't have to even post anything. Just like get on there, feel it yeah. out, see what people are doing, try to get a grasp of it. Yeah. And then, and, and like when you're ready, hop on and start dropping some shit. Yeah. And I um I did that. I waited till I was like, okay, the basketball season's starting. At the very least, I can do behind the scenes basketball stuff, and like that'll be interesting to people of any age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and beyond that, I can figure out the rest. And I started. And Stephen, at first, I was like, still not quite sure what to do. But the first thing I did that started to catch some attention was Canadian songs I played at the Raptors game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I did that, and like it got po- reposted by um, Much Music and um, Nar City Canada, and yeah. like a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they hit me up, yo, can we repost this? And I was like, okay, cool. So I made that a series, and then I started yeah. doing TikTok songs that I played at the Raptors game. TikTok loved that one, oh, yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then from there, I just expanded, and I just learned along the way, and I'm still learning along the way. But it's it's fun though. Like I'm finding a way to make it fun for me. And that's the most important thing. And I've been trying to, I've turned into like this TikTok ambassador for all my friends. And I'm like, yo, dude, mm-hmm. get on TikTok. Like, yeah. What are you doing? It's And there's so much resistance from anyone over the age of 25. Yeah. Like, oh, TikTok, what am I? Allowed? I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't want to be on there doing silly dances and stuff. I'm like, no, man. It's not that. Yeah. It's not you that. Don't it's actually do so anything. rare that I scroll and see someone doing yeah, just a TikTok no dance now. Though. Yeah. And you know what's awesome about TikTok too? Like now that's going to turn into a whole like TikTok. TikTok is awesome conversation. <laughs> but what I like about TikTok specifically more than any other social media platform is the algorithm actually feeds you the stuff that you say that you like. Mm-hmm. So like if you like silly dances and you tap like yeah. on all of them, yeah. I'm sure you'll see a whole bunch. Yeah. True. But like I don't, so I don't. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I yeah. like what I like. And a lot of what I like just keeps popping up yeah. in my For You page. Yeah. So one, that's that, that's cool for me. One question I had for you is, so for up-and-coming artists who want to work with someone like you, um, mm-hmm. what's the best way, what advice would you give to somebody on how to get in touch with you, how, how to work with you? How do they get on your radar? I can tell you a lot of ways how they should not do it. Well, that's that, perfect. That's probably that's better. Perfect. <laughs> it's probably better. Because that happens. Every, if I check my phone right now, I'm sure there's a whole yeah. bunch of stuff that I could read off to you right now. It's yeah. so horrible. Um the best way to do it is to treat, number one, treat me like a human being. Yeah. And do say things, do things in the way of trying to 
establish some sort of a relationship. Like, not just the sell. Not just tell me what you want me to do. And definitely not you're the hottest new thing of mm-hmm. out of wherever and mm-hmm. I should play your song. Like none of that ever works. Yeah. But yeah. the one, the number one thing that I come across that I really, really am I'm baffled by to this day is people asking for things like asking for support from a stranger. They don't know me. I don't know them and not offering any sort of support yeah. or any reason. Yeah. They don't even follow return. you. <laughs> well, that's the number one thing. Like how do you DM somebody Ask them to play your music. Ask them to support you in yeah. whatever way you want them to support you. Yeah. And they couldn't even do the smallest thing. It was just like, <laughs> boom. Literally, right? Yeah. Just boom. Yeah. So like when I see that, honestly, I got to the point where I just don't even respond. Like the, mm-hmm. I, And I'm not even trying to be mean. Yeah. yeah. I just don't respond. I treat the internet the way that I treat the real world. Mm. If somebody would just roll up on me and start talking... I keep walking. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if somebody just would try to pull up on me and try to stuff a mm. CD in my pocket, I'd be like, get the hell away from me. Yeah, right. Totally. That's how I treat people on the internet. If you come and talk to me like a normal person, we can have a conversation. If yeah. you just pull up on me, well, I'm going to keep it, I'm going to keep it moving. Yeah. 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 I like that analogy. But it is. I like that I analogy. Yeah. Because I think the people are a little bit braver on the, or not a little oh, bit, yeah. a whole lot braver on the internet and than entitled, they are in real yeah. life. And they also don't treat the interactions like they're the same. And really, really, it's people talking to people mm-hmm. the interactions have to be parallel like yeah. what you wouldn't do in re- in the real world don't do on the internet yep. and that's it's just that simple for me yeah no, i love that what are some goals that you have for this year um definitely one goal as we're on the topic of tiktok yeah. i want to grow that community and really develop the conversation that i'm having with people on there mm. and it took me a little while and like, you got to take the ego out of it straight up, like with social media in general, but specifically with TikTok, I found you can have one video go crazy and the next one not even make it out the mud. I deal with that. It just is that. All the time. (laughs) (laughs) And I I find like, I've had conversations with people that are like, oh man, if it doesn't do well, you just delete it. And I'm like, no man, if you said what you said, if the information that you are trying to get out of the conversation you're trying to have is embodied in that message and that video and that TikTok, let it live because just because people didn't see it today doesn't mean they will never see it. But also, what are you about? Like, what are you trying to say? What is your purpose here? Is your purpose just to get likes? Mm -hmm. Or is your purpose to like actually say something or do something or show people what you do? Or, you know, are you proud of what you do? So um, I really want to grow that for the reason of, it's just so interactive and it just feels more artist friendly than some other platforms Mm -hmm. that I'm really focusing on growing that to be able to have those conversations really, really open and like flowing. You guys do both do a great job of that. I I admire what you've both done on TikTok because every time I come, like I've checked out both of you. I mean, obviously Connor, I've been following you for a while. I've checked yours out as well. Thank you. And like you find creative ways to talk about your music and let people know what the reason is mm. behind your music, what the song is about, why you wrote it, how you, the fact that you're excited about it, like mm. all that kind of stuff. 
is real to me versus hey new song dropping friday yeah. go pre-save it now yeah yeah that's one thing i've been trying to work on a lot more that nick has always done really well um is yeah bringing like a sense of humanity to it it's not just like hey like you said with how people dm dm you if it's just always sell 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 people get tired it's like there yeah. has to be a story like let them know who you are and make them not just a fan of the song but a fan of you so yeah. exactly why why should they care like yeah. that's the thing in in like lesson one of marketing it's like, why should they care? Yeah. Like, that's it. And you have to give them, it's up to us to give them a reason to care because especially we're talking about music. They can very well go listen to their favorite artists. It's just as simple as scrolling and tapping their phone. Mm -hmm. It's not like they have to go to the store and buy something. It's literally right there. They can choose our songs or they can choose their favorite artists or they can yeah. choose anyone in the world. Why choose ours? We have to give them that reason. And I think like a real personal human connection gives mm -hmm. people more of a reason than, hey, listen to my song, please. Come on. Totally. Come on. Couldn't agree more. So like that's that's a definitely big goal. And it, and on the that's twofold because the more that I grow that and Instagram or whatever, socials in general, but I'm focused on TikTok because it's I'm the newest at it. Um brand deals, man. Mm. Like there's that's it's the gold rush right now. Mm. These brands are so eager to tap into mm -hmm. authentic creators to be able to advertise their yeah. products yeah. that just like my guy said, like, why not be that person? Yeah. Yeah. Like, why not be that person? Yep. And then you put yourself in the position to like choose the brands that you would like to work with because you genuinely like the products or mm -hmm. you genuinely like what the company is about and you feel proud to tell your community about this thing. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I'm not promoting, even at this point where I'm still fairly new to it, I'm not promoting anything that I don't like or mm -hmm. that I don't stand behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I may not drink your drink every day, but like I like it. But I like it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll tell people about it because I like it. I'm not going to be like, oh, mm, delicious. And then the camera's off. So I'm like, <laughs> right, right, right. Like, like I'll never do that. Yeah. And I hope that I'm like exuding that kind of energy to people that can trust that I would yes. never do that. Yes. Totally, totally. But, that's that's huge. Like building up that, it's become a whole separate, almost a whole separate career mm -hmm. for me that's like intertwined in the stuff that I actually already do, which is brilliant. It's similar to, to the Raptors. Like I was already DJing. I always loved basketball and I was able to combine the two. So like when I go to work, I'm stoked. <laughs> is there, that I okay, love is this might, do you have a jersey yet? Do you have a four corners jersey? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. All right. And is it, is it it's like in the team store? Uh, it has been from time to time. There isn't one now. We don't even have fans in the arena right now. Oh. I'm not sure if you know that. Oh, yeah. Canada but is like to... that right now. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. Due to the current state of the yes. world and the way that our governments are handling yes. things, we are on... Our, our guys are... Our, our government's erring on the side of caution very heavily. Yeah. Yes. So currently we're on lockdown yeah. right now. Yeah. And um, yeah, the arena... We're games. The games are happening here. Okay. But they're with no fans. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that part. But yeah, there are and and also like people go to the store and like you can customize jerseys there. Oh nice. And like people have pulled up on me with four corners jerseys even uh, when jerseys Which is cool. It's very cool. Too um, cool. But yeah, and beyond that, goals wise, um, again, this is not entirely just mm -hmm. up to me, it's up to the world. I really want to get back out and tour. Yeah. Because okay. the bulk of the music that I've released has come out since we've been in the pandemic mm -hmm. like i only really started releasing music in 2019 yeah and that year i released like i think four songs maybe five 
Yeah. Everything else has been like right before or during the pandemic, and I haven't been able to tour and and perform these songs very much. So yep. I'm really looking forward to that, and um, yeah, and just building the music side of things, like building up myself as an artist and really establishing myself there, so yep. that I can tour nonstop and live my life exactly the way I want to live it. Amazing. And creating that brand for yourself on TikTok is so great because you're you're just like creating that that fan base. And then you're going to have all this music coming that you get to promote. It's awesome. I can't wait to see it all unfold. Yeah. I mean, you too. I thought about that before. It's like, yo, you're dropping a lot of records, especially like you had a run in December where you were like, yo, I'm dropping a song every, every week. week. Yeah. Did. Nick's and about to start testing that too. Yeah, he's going to do yeah. song a week as well. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to test it. You know it, what? Yeah. That's like, there's so many theories regarding how many songs or how you should release yeah. music at what frequency or whatever yeah. is like, it really is what you make it, but like the every week thing is the Russ theory. He did yeah, that yeah. for a long time. Yep. Yeah. And it took a while and he didn't have the benefit. Like he just had, to my knowledge, he had mostly SoundCloud that was like mm-hmm. the fuel behind yep. it. It wasn't Instagram. It wasn't, there wasn't a TikTok yet. Yeah. Like, but the, the theory I think holds true in whatever frequency you do, as long as you consistently mm-hmm. receive music, uh, release music, is give people an opportunity to find you. Yep. Like, if you're a musician, you make music. You make music, you put the music out mm-hmm. and let people find it. Yeah. They might find your first song, they might find your 50th song, but either yeah. way, all those songs are always going to be there for them to listen to. Totally. And um, I like it. Like, when you said you were doing a song a week, I was like, sick. That didn't sound weird to me at all. Yeah. Like, Nick, definitely go for it. That should be awesome. Yeah, right that. now I'm doing every two weeks and I, and I, um, I just feel like there's momentum in just frequent releases. So I'm just going to go at it and just literally just try to catch that and take it to the moon, yeah. you know? Well, how long have you been doing every two weeks? How long have I been doing every two? I was going to go every two weeks for the whole year. Um, and I have I have enough music. I have a lot of, too many songs. Um, so I could probably do a song a week for three years, like, and not make any more music. Oh, snap. Um, so I... Uh, I've been doing every two weeks since the start of, uh, you know, since the start of the end of the year last year. So, but I've okay. noticed, um, it's, uh, it's almost like they already want something new. Yeah. While they're, I noticed that know, too. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that too. It's like things have changed yeah. drastically, drastically. And I think that especially because you and now I am utilizing TikTok, yeah. like it's not like before where you, a song cycle is you promote the song for three months and you have the video and you have this yeah. and that. Like you're literally talking about it every day. So like yep. how much can you talk about one song until even you're bored of talking yeah, about the same true. song? And I always say this, that this analogy is a couple of them, but one is, would you rather have a hundred at bats to hit a home run or one swing? You know, would you rather have, you know, a hundred darts to get a bullseye or, or the three, you know, it's Bats. like you just, feed it to the wolves let them decide what what they like and you know and you if you get a hit in there somewhere then you have a whole lot of catalog for them to fall back on exactly exactly yeah plus at the end of the day like because we're independent artists and we call these shots ourselves there's Mm -hmm. nobody to tell us that we cannot release music when we want to you can make a song today and decide you know what i had a plan to release this one and this one but this one i made today this one's coming out this week. Mm-hmm. We can do that. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Like I love, my favorite thing in the world is freedom. Like the yeah. freedom to be able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And that's why I've like angled my life in this way that 
like I call my shots, man. Yeah. Like I literally call my shots and I go where I want to go and I do what I want to do. Yeah. And as long as I can financially keep myself mm-hmm. like feeling good about it, yeah, then I'm good. And yeah. I think that we're all working towards that kind of thing as indies. It's just yeah. like, it's the thing to do. I love it. Like it's the thing to do. I don't need everything. Like I know, and I'm sure you guys have both had some uh, phone calls and emails from labels. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. Sh- mm-hmm. Showing interest and, and promising you certain things. It's like, cool, but at what cost? Yeah. Like yeah. what are you, it, it, and I think that and I'm not knocking anybody who signs a contract. Know. It's just, what are you in it for? Like, what's yeah. your goal? Yeah. Because logistically, I'm like, like literally some people are just in it for the lifestyle. Some people just want to be a star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's faster to do that if you sign yep. with yeah. the label. It's also Definitely. faster if they, to if go they, the other way too. If they do the thing. If they yeah, do the exactly. thing. They don't always do the it's thing. It's faster to do that or faster to completely fall off. Mm. Right. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? But like to, we have so many tools nowadays, just the internet alone. And like now throw in things like NFTs into the mix. It's like the possibilities are endless for us to build and sustain a career in which we do whatever the hell we want to do and are happy to do it. Yep. That's what we're all about. Yeah. And we're happy to have you here to get to share your perspective. So thank you. Uh, I feel like I've asked everything I've wanted. I got one more. Go for it. I got one more. Since we're here to, you know, to teach, like the main thing we want to do is teach. We want to show people For options. Sure. We want Inspire. To show, yes. All like people look at where you are, young DJs or new DJs don't have to be young. And they want to know how in the world do I get there? Right. So if there's some practical tips you can give other than, you know, the make yourself available, take every opportunity when it pops up because you don't know who's going to be there or who you might meet or who might be watching. You know, is there any other practical tips that they can uh, apply? Um, well, everybody, I this this um, saying has been in my life and in my business the entire time that I've been doing this is mm-hmm. like luck is preparation meets opportunity. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, everybody loves to be lucky. Everybody says, oh man, you're so lucky. Look what you get to do. It's like, yo, I worked to be able to get to do this. I put myself in the position to be able to do this. And it's like what you just said, seizing the opportunities. Mm -hmm. But the preparation part, I feel like a lot of people forget that. It's so, 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 so important to be awesome at what you do. And like to be awesome at something, you got to do it a lot. You have to practice it a lot. And in, in, in some cases... The practice is like, for example, as an independent artist, part of the practice is not just working on your craft and making the music. Part of the practice is releasing music and understanding what's the best way to do it for me, what's working for me, what's connecting with people, what kind of songs are people resonating with so that I can go back when I'm in my creative process Mm -hmm. and maybe think about that while I'm creating the next time. You know what I mean? And like, as far as marketing, how does that work? And like, there's all of that. All of that is the preparation. So like everything that you're doing, if you're trying to be a DJ and you're trying to play in the biggest clubs, first things first, practice your ass off. Be mm-hmm. the best possible DJ that you can at home before you ever go out. And then get out and play gigs. And yeah. I like I understand what you're saying regarding what Logic said. Like I'm me and I'm a brand and mm-hmm. I, you know, you, it, things cost money or whatever. But like when you're starting out, oh yeah, do what you can. Like do, like I played 
I couldn't tell you how many parties I played for free. Yeah. In other, in other even, words, she wasn't with me shooting in the gym. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? And like, I couldn't even tell you, even after I established myself and had done certain things, I still have played certain events and certain things for either less money than I normally would or like the conditions weren't as, maybe I had to fly myself there or like yeah. whatever it is because you got to see bigger picture. Like, oh, what yeah. are you trying to do? Where are you trying to get to? Mm -hmm. And being there, can that help you? Yes or no? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I always wanted to DJ internationally. My first few gigs overseas, I paid for myself to get there. Mm -hmm. And like, my fee for the actual shows was super low. Some of them I did for free. I, yeah. While I was there, I was like, can I pick up an extra gig? Well, we can't really pay you. But I was like, yo, I'm here. Let me do it. Because yeah. I'm trying to get my name out. Mm. I'm trying to build. Yeah. And also, I'm, I'm learning how to you know, navigate relationships. Everything you do, you're learning. You're preparing oh, yeah. for that next opportunity. And like, you keep doing that, and you keep making yourself available. At some point, or some points, plural, yep. those things are going to intersect. And when they intersect, that's where the luck comes in. That's now you're now you're that person that people said, "Oh, he's so lucky because he gets to do that." And to piggyback off all your, of this and all of that together, that allows yeah, you to be able to do that. Thing. Yes, and to piggyback off of your luck statement, you probably heard this quote. It's one of my favorite. It was something along the lines of, "I always said it was always luck, and the harder I worked, the luckier I got." Yeah, that's exact. Yo, yeah. nothing captures it like that. It's like yes. <laughs> People think of luck as you woke up out of bed and the phone rang and, oh, you got this opportunity. No, man, you have to work hard yeah. Yeah, at it. Well but the beautiful thing about what it is that we do is we love this and we're choosing to do this. We're not up looking at the clock and be like, oh, man, I got to go to work. Like, I don't know about you guys. I wake up some mornings at, you know, three o'clock in the morning. I wake up and my mind's just buzzing mm -hmm. and I get up and I just get at it and do stuff. And then I end up, oh, I'm tired at 11 a.m. I'll take a nap now. Yeah. And like just work my day around whatever it is that yes. I'm inspired by doing. And totally. if I end up not sleeping for three days, I'm not upset about it. You love it. I'm excited. And that's why I'm awake. Yeah. If I was not excited, I would be like, eh, I'm going to bed. If I'm so buzzing that I'm like, yo, I can't put this down. Yeah. Like what more can we ask for in our career? Like mm -hmm. for the thing that feeds us, what more can we ask for than to be, super excited to do the thing that actually pays our bills and allows us affords us the lifestyles that we we dream of yeah so that's that's what i'm on well i like to end on that <laughs> note uh dude thank you again for uh for talking to us and sharing your wisdom we really appreciate it not a problem thank you guys man looking forward to checking out this episode and so many more i'm so happy you guys started this and i love the pineapple that's a nice time <laughs> thank you on, right. that was my idea. uh so where can everybody find you uh yes. go ahead and plug yourself um, yeah, well, fourcorners.com, number four corners with the K is like my main hub for everything. But if you're asking me right now, I would say find me on TikTok, official oh, four go, corners. <laughs> that is where I'm the most active, honestly. Like I do, I have Instagram, of course, it's four corners. I have Twitch also, which is four corners. Um, but TikTok is where it's at. TikTok is where I'm most active and TikTok is what I'm enjoying the most. So if you really want to catch me in the comments or like, you know, have me respond back to you. TikTok, I'm there. I'm looking at my phone buzzing right now. I'm going to answer TikTok messages right yeah. after this. 
Let's go. That's what we like to hear. TikTok's <laughs> going to hear these videos and be like, did we hire a company <laughs> to do some TikTok? <laughs> you know what? No, but they you can. know what? I'm going to have to have a conversation with TikTok Canada and be like, yeah, I, I'm talking about you guys a lot. Yeah. Maybe we could do something more. <laughs> I love it. No, I really just think it's so, so useful and I encourage everybody, all independent artists especially, if you're not using it, use it. I you're missing an opportunity if you're not. All right. All righty. Well, uh, until next time. Love, man. Peace. Peace. Thank you, guys.